you're going to talk about why Batman and Robin. Uh, Robin is the real superhero of the group. Or is he? Mm-hmm. Or is he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're living he with is, a absolutely, pedophile. without a doubt. Talking <laughs> talk about sidekicks. <laughs> yeah, All right, Chris Calico, legend. Uh, yeah, that's an that's 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 an album title, I guess. Uh, legend. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is like I don't know. The I I can save my thoughts for the end on it. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll do that. It's, it's definitely, let's let's just say that, in my opinion, Chris Calico is hands down the most talented person on the Strange Music roster. That is a fair fair opinion. Um, I, I can definitely like, agree. Everyone with that. knows him as Tech Nine's sidekick, right? Like, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That does that doesn't matter. I mean, you know, like Green Hornet. You know what I mean? Like. His his sidekick was the one that made him who he was. Yeah, that's that's true. So I'm just I'm just saying I have to go out there saying putting it on record first is that I think Chris hands down is more talented than Tech. Not more popular, not released more music, nothing along those lines. But like he is the most talented one on their entire roster. Okay. All right. So all right, we'll so, start with the uh, first track, twenty one. What'd you think? Oh, uh, I thought it sounded like vintage strange music, like it sounded old, and it was uh, felt more like a killer era Tech Nine track. So, like to me, Chris kind of sound uninspired. Like he didn't do the the voice fluctuations, you know, and all the things that are his signature sound. Yeah, I put Chris so I think is so talented, and this inspired. didn't showcase it. Yeah, and and for me, that's an overarching theme for this entire thing. Uh, I thought the song was, <laughs> yeah. so I, I thought it was okay. I mean, even Tech agree. came in and didn't obliterate it. And if you know anything about Tech Nine, when he gets on a song with somebody he thinks is going to do a better job than him, he breaks out all the tricks. You know, quadruple. He's done quadruple time flow on a Chris Calico track. You know, what I mean, he switches it up does the melodies and the whole thing and that's not what this was it was just straight straight track nothing spectacular at all i thought the uh pre-chorus that the girl did uh fit better than the actual chorus on the yeah, song it was a weak way uh, to start the album that, uh, uh it would no matter yes. in my opinion no matter where this went T- on the album it was, had that same feel like it was just an average throwaway strange music yeah. track I I have written down kind of sounds phoned in on both Chris and tech. Like, I don't believe that like what Dwayne was saying, I don't think that he thought maybe that it was worth his time to put in a good verse or something. Cause it I was mean, just his album. He should feel like aver- average. Time, I would think. Uh, yeah, but, but on that topic, like, a couple songs down, he doesn't call this his album. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Like I have it in my end. I have to have it in my have it in my ending notes. Uh, he goes, "I've got a mixtape dropping now." And this this was shows. what two EPs you know what I mean? put together, right? Like kind of like yeah. the last tech project. Uh, what two, two? Yeah, two EPs plus the basically a third EP right. to make it an album, pretty much. And I think that 
this song is pr produced by Wishmaster from St. Louis, if we're not familiar. Uh, this project, to me, like the weakest part, I think, is going to be the beats. And you can tell by my notes coming through, like, they're, they're, this song doesn't have Chris's signature sound to it. Yeah. And I think that... No, not at all. I, I, it's not definitely yeah, so not true that to that's, his style at all. Like, all, all the, the songs that I don't really like that just come across as average on this project, that's... I'll tell you who produced it, because I looked them all up and well the feeling about what's going on yeah. by the end of it. the the next track was little which i thought was better than the first track but still not super great and stevie stone blew chris out of the water oh man man <laughs> i said i think this whole vibe of this track the beat and flow sounds like a stevie stone track yeah like 100 percent. i think that chris did good by switching up and doing a little singing part i thought it was a great transition but he was talk. Chris was talking his shit, but he didn't bring any energy to it. You know what I mean? Like it seemed he should have went back and re-recorded it. No, and it would have been nice. Yeah, yeah. I like this song way more than the first song. Like a lot more. I feel like Chris was definitely um, a lot more in his element and his oh, yeah. style, but you're right uh, the Stevie next one definitely is recipe this, this was more of what i wanted he kind of had chris has multiple styles and he showcased a few of them on this one yeah i thought the this course was the the first the course that he dropped on this was the first time that i really felt like it was a chris track like it to, and then the beat kind of sounded like i don't know more of his style like it felt like a reject track from kicking and screaming Mm -hmm. from his project you know uh but it's another one of those produced produced by wishmaster um yeah which is one of the newer guys that is latched on uh to strange probably through stevie stone uh yeah. to be honest most likely because right now they're they're doing i will say that yeah, i like it but see right now wishmaster and stevie stone are on beat star selling collabs yeah uh wish wishmaster beats with stevie stone verse and courses Am I mistaken, or did Wishmaster work with Kerm? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sure. He was, he was very underground, same par as everybody else. Um, made a couple of good moves. Got on a track with Tech. I don't even remember when. It was like Killer or KOD era or something like that. Uh, and made his way into semi-mainstream. Uh, avenues so I think he's got like he's Grammy nominated and stuff like oh, that wow. now but uh, yeah yeah I just I mean he can produce I just don't think that he has the full understanding of what it takes to make a Chris Gallico track fair enough uh, fourth track SOB uh, another disappointment This was the least uh, of the first four. Yeah. This is my I thought it was favorite. cool that he started to switch up his voice and flow a little bit. Um, but to me, the beat and everything sounded like something tech would have used in the KOD era. Like, so, I mean, it everything on here is feeling dated. But obviously it's current, you know, based on what he's yeah. talking about on these songs. Yes. It definitely yeah, sounds and, like he and was I just see there. that a lot through this until we get about halfway through it. Yeah. Uh, next track, I felt like the it's uh, yep. get chose. Yeah. 
Uh, I felt like the verses were super mediocre. The hook was okay. I kind of like the hook. I don't like the weird reverb effect on the hook, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought this was closer to what I expect from Chris rapping, but, you know, it's just it felt effortless for him. Like, he was in his pocket. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. But everything about this, to me, seemed screamed like it was a Tech 9 track. Like, it was a track that he was just like, eh, I don't want it. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. didn't seem like it was made for Chris. See, I feel like you missed the mark on this one. I don't I don't agree with the fact that, you you know, you, you're saying that it's it was made for him, da-da-da, this. I, I think he missed it completely. I don't really like the beat. I think the message was good, but I don't. I don't think he did his job on this track. All right. Track six, uh, Borrowed. I felt like that he put in a decent amount of effort in this one. I mean, I'm not – I wasn't a super big fan of it, but it wasn't the worst. See, I've got this one um, up there. Up there. It's, it's definitely one of my favorites so far on the album. Um, I actually like the beat, the chorus. Um, and it was definitely in Chris's lane. I think he he absolutely hit home as the final oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. guy. And I'm and I'm with it. Uh, it was to me. It has text formula, like the newer formula that he's working with, where it's got a real nice beat, and then they'll bring in somebody else to do a chorus. Like it's like it's handed to the artists with the chorus on it, sort of thing. So it just it felt like it was a little bit polished, you know, which it hadn't been so far up to this point on the album. But I think. Chris did exactly what you expected him to do. He switched it up a bit, but he still didn't really seem to be enjoying himself like we know that he will. Track seven, Bitches I Know. This was, I felt like this was a more classic Chris Calico track. I wasn't a fan of it. But, absolutely, but it was, absolutely. It was more what I expected. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, to me, it, gonna... it was... No, I was just going to say it's definitely just an average track, though. The beat felt really dry to me. Like, I don't feel like – it almost felt like the beat wasn't done. Yeah. I mean, and I kind of – yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's does a little weird and unfinished. But to me, the beats that Chris yeah. does the best on are these sort of left-field, awkward-feeling beats. And this is the first one on the project where he has that. And you can see him. He's got the good energy in it. You know, the subject matter is a bit basic for him, but I thought the track worked over, overall pretty well. I still thought it was only just above average. Like, if you'd have put this on any of the other previous releases, I think we would have called it the lowest point. Uh, next track, Follow the Drip. I actually like this one. I felt like the verses were super solid. It was a good one. Yeah, I thought that it would do well on the current rap playlists. Like, it had that kind of a sound to it, you know, where you're just like, okay, you know, it, it sounds trendy almost. Uh, I was glad this is like the first song that he started getting a little bit of chopping into it. Uh, he didn't get too crazy, but he seemed like he was motivated. Um, and then Tech came in and did what he does, you know, like he kind of did that, hey, I don't want you to outwrap me flow that he usually does. Um, so to me, this yep. song kind of felt like it'd be one of those songs that, tech would put together for one of his collab projects where you know it's just a just a little random track yep. that they did while they were in the studio yeah i i liked it and i agree with you however 
uh, I feel like Tech was squeezing in that that double time or triple time or whatever he was doing on this one. I don't feel like it meshed as yeah, well. Yeah, as no, it exactly. Could have. That's what he does. You know, what I mean, he'll invent something and push it to the absolute limit when he thinks somebody is getting the best of it. And I think that that's what he expected. Well, he definitely exactly. pushed and it to the limit on that one. Expected to happen. Here. Uh, track nine, what do you mean? When you read that, did anyone else get Justin Bieber stuck in their head? Uh, okay. no, actually. <laughs> I, to... I did. No. Uh, this, this track is very forgettable. Uh, yeah, I gave it a three, so it's just average. Um, uh, and I'm like, it seemed like he was having this fun with it for a change, which is cool. Um, I liked ISO on the track, but I'm not really a big fan of his. So, like, technically, like, rapping skill-wise, he's, he's, he's good. You know what I mean? I don't have any problem with it. But he's got so much tech DNA in his flow and rhyme schemes that, you know, I just can't, you know, vibe with it like that. So I have a note on this one where I need to ask. It There's a sample that he's using in a lot of his – um, songs on this album. I don't know if it's like Navi from the hey, um, Zelda. Hey. The Hey. No. All right. That's, that's, his, that's his kid. So I actually yes, have dude, that it's everywhere. 16. I'm really tired of the Hey Chris tags. Yeah. I, I can understand that because this is where I first noticed it. And this wasn't the first one that he used it in, but it was the first one that I noticed it in. And it reminded me of the Zelda game where the, the little fairy says hey and i was like is that a like straight up rip like sample out of the game and then later on in the album down yeah, through 16 it's, it's on i realized every it definitely definitely this, was not and i hate it like it is just absolutely not almost every single one I, now i didn't hate it i oh, started yeah, to hate it when we got to the more. bottom of the album uh yeah, track ten was a uh, you. I actually I really liked this one. Um, it, it you could actually kind of feel some emotion there, which like a, yeah, a exactly, lot of these exactly. felt really phoned in, but this one didn't. Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I thought it had all the vibes yeah. that Chris is known for. I'm like he did a good job of bringing his different flows and styles yes. to the track, and the subject matter was like 100 percent. I think we all we all pretty much agree on that. It does sound like he kind of yes, absolutely, but it does sound like he kind of played the violin himself. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. Some ran, it's some randos with the beat, which would be dope. Was it, oh, you uh, remember yeah. that dude back in the day? It was like Chocolate Brown. I, what was his name? It was the rap dude that fucking played the harmonica. <laughs> no, no, no. He had a song called Rain. Chocolate Rain song. I'm gonna look him up. Dude oh. was dope. <laughs> Um, track 11 Drunk White Girls absolutely hated it would skip it every time yeah I, I'm, yep. I'm with you Agreed. but I do have some positive notes like this song screams Chris like it's clear that he's enjoying himself yeah. it, gave me, it gave me the kicking and screaming album vibes you know CJ Hicks came in you know sounded nice but she had that Snow the Product DNA so ingrained into her that it sounded like Snow the Product, you know. Uh, That's fair. I didn't make that reference, but I can agree with that that. for sure. But I have to note, we are how many songs into this now? And this is the 
11 song, 11 out of 18. And this is the first song that seven produced. Wow. The guy who has his formula down. This is the first song that he touched. That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. So like the other art, other producers on here are, they're on strange. It seems like they've been working with tech and everybody, but they, they seem to work for tech enough, but like for Chris, I just don't think that they've been around long enough to understand that, you know, he needs that extra direction. That, yeah, yeah. That different. different vibe. Yeah. Now, I will say that I, I agree with Dylan wholeheartedly. I'd skip this song every single time, but actually listening to the whole song, the verses weren't yeah. actually all but the bad. Put it this way, like a decade ago, we'd have been playing this at a house party. Yeah, we're old. That's we're old, we're yeah. old now. You know what I mean? Like, I understand what he's doing. You know what <laughs> I mean? And he executed it well. Like, I'm not. I didn't add it to a playlist. I'm probably not going to play it after you know these four listens I gave this thing. But I see this going well at a show for him. Oh yeah. See, and that's that's the one overarching thing of this whole album. As and don't take this the wrong way, but as bad as it is, because it's only an average Chris album. I think it would. Almost every single one of these tracks would do okay in a club. Yeah. But people don't go to clubs no more because we're in a global pandemic. You know, because COVID. Because yeah. COVID. But COVID. You know, it is what it is. Uh, just so the dude I was talking about is Bad News Brown, and uh, the track is called Rain. This dude plays harmonica over hip hop beats. It's super dope. Yeah. No. Uh, track twelve. Let nice. me tell it. Uh, I really liked the melody. Uh, I wouldn't turn it off if it came on, which is saying a lot for this album. I feel like I would not put it on, but if but if it came on, I wouldn't turn it off. Exactly. Uh, I thought this was the Chris that we all know and love. Like he mixed the flows up, the lyrics were personal enough. Seven produced this one too, obviously because it sounds great. Uh, I think he gave him the perfect beat to play on, but this is an album cut. You know what I mean? Like, it's not the song that you put the album yeah. on for. It's the one you don't skip in between songs. And I don't think that this album obviously has anything that you're going to put this album on to listen to. So I think this one's just going to get lost in the shuffle yeah. as being a good song. Track. Nope. Fully agree. I like the piano. I liked that he was speaking life. Um, but again, all up in that stupid sample. Yeah. Track. 13 amen um yeah what i mean it's whatever it doesn't stand out it's not super awesome yeah my my first note is this feels like a chris album cut like the beat was great for him like i think it had everything that he needed uh and he put his flavor on it and the flows or whatever and his creative sprinkles but i still think it was just you know one of those album cuts where you're just like yeah it's cool when i'm listening to the album but like it's nothing you're gonna reach for. Nope, extra average. Yeah. Um, track fourteen. Did I misspell this? Don't need. Oh, it's don't need woes, right? Don't need woes. Whoa, woes, yes, woes. Didn't. Uh, but yeah, my didn't my need woes. Auto corrected to who's. Don't need who's. But uh, don't need woes. All right. So. <laughs> I. All right. I see what he was trying to do with this. I just, I feel like he missed the mark. I I don't 
I don't hate it, but this I feel like this wasn't the beat for it. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I can I can see that. Like I liked everything about the song. I thought it was a great song. Not anything you're going to listen to over and over again. But I think that it was perfect, Chris. Like he did exactly what he wanted to do. Uh, the personal story, the picture he painted, you know, I think fits perfect in the climate that we're in right now uh, with what's going on. And I thought Seven did a great job on the beat. Like he understands what Chris needs. He understands his greatness and how to give it to him. I understand what you're saying where it's like it didn't feel authentic. Uh, that's kind of the same way that I felt about that Nas, what is that, Ultra Black from a couple yeah. weeks ago that we talked about. Like, great idea. I just don't think that he executed it to the standard that we expect from Chris. Right. Uh, track 15, Foolish. Um, when I first saw this, I'm like, all right, let's see how bad Ritz outshines Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Bad, yeah, yeah, a yeah, lot. He outshines him a lot. <laughs> Which I mean, if so, if so, you're Ritz, I, feel I did like, like the old school feel do. though. I feel like it was definitely the. I feel like Ritz outshines a lot of people. Yeah, when he yeah. when he's a feature. Um. Yes, because he's got a he's got a point yeah. to prove. Uh, my problem was I didn't think that this is the type of beat he should have had Ritz on. Because uh, Ritz has got a different vibe to him. So if you want the best out of Ritz, you should have used a different track. But I have to say, when the beat first came on, I was like, oh, shit, this should have had a twisted feature. Like it had this sort of a sinister vibe to it. And I was just like, oh, okay. Ooh. So when I listened to it, and I'm just like, oh, okay. The song's all right. You know what I mean? Like I could just hear, you know, hear them on this kind of thing. But I do think that this is the best produce track that T-Mac produces on this project. Like, he does a bunch of tracks to this, but uh, that was just the or sorry, J-Mac, J-Mac, he's the only, that's the first one where I'm just like, okay, you kind of understand what Chris needs. But even that, I still think the song is only slightly above average. Track 16, Avoiding Mirrors. Um, This, I was so disappointed in this one, man. Like, all right, so I'm a, like I'm a Mercury's fan. <laughs> I, so when this track came on, one I was super tired of the "Hey Chris" tags. Calico's <laughs> verses on this are absolute garbage. The beat's not that great, and like this isn't even a good Mercury's verse. Hey, but but even with yeah, I don't but, think but even with that even being as good said, as Chris, I think Merc. Did oh it, yeah like on this like this is the type of beat that that merc kills like you can't give this beat and then come subpar which is what i think chris did uh, yeah i was so mad at like i think the subject matter for what i think yeah i think the subject matter that he put them together for i think was flawlessly thought out like you put your fat guys on the fat guy track you know what i mean i think it was great so i'm like okay let's see what jelly does and then i listen and i'm like oh this isn't the type of beat that he excels at I think lyrically, Jelly went in and did exactly what he was good for. No. And I think this exact verse delivered the exact same way on a different beat. We'd be talking about how Jelly just destroyed this track. But it's just like this beat, I think, just brought the whole quality of the song down. All right. Y'all want to do something different for the last two? All right. Let's, sure. let's review both tracks at once. Track 17, Mad. Sure. Track 18, Coloring Book. 
when I got to these tracks, I was so <laughs> done with this album. So done. <laughs> like listening to these last two tracks. Was Yo, an I have to say that I agree with you like wholeheartedly. <laughs> wow. I agree with you with on the mad yeah. joint, you know, because, uh, you know, I thought it was fine. The beat was left field, but I thought that, you know, JL is fine. He sounds, he's got sex DNA, which sucks, but like, I would have rather had a Sesh Crew feature. Which there you know? isn't on this album <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, but that is the one that should have had it. Uh, and then I think Coloring Book was a great way to for him to do his thing. Seven crushed it. I think by the I think it was the project was too long, too subpar for us to really enjoy it. Like if you'd have taken that's I think that's the perfect description of this album. Too long and subpar. I will say that I did like Coloring Book a lot more than I liked most of the album. I loved the beat. I loved the full stop stuff that he did there, where you think the track is over and he gradually brings it back in. I thought it was awesome. The chorus was awesome. Um, and I liked the fact that it was an, actually a deep song with like, you know, relevance. And yeah, that was, I, was... I really liked coloring book, but I probably would have yeah, turned absolutely. the album. Like, I wasn't reviewing I it, it. it. I probably wouldn't have sat there and listened to the whole song. Uh, Cause I'd have skimmed through it. Like I would have done the rest of the project, but I thought it was a very solid track. It was one of the few fives that I gave on this project. I think I'm going to on this whole thing. Um, all right. So when it's yeah. all said and done, this album sucks. <laughs> like, I'm just going to call it like it is. This album sucks. <laughs> yep. There's, there's a couple of good songs, yeah. but as a whole, hey, cause I, I got, right. a, I got a bit more notes than that. I'm like, uh, so I think lyrically he hadn't missed a beat. Like we can just throw that out there. You weren't just like, you know, you That's have a fair. couple I, of exceptions where you're like, yeah, his verse is kind of whack, but whatever. I think my issue with the project was his beat selection because it seemed like it was a huge step back from all of his previous releases, releases that were pushing things forward. Like, his, he was on the cutting edge before, and now I think that he was scraping the bottom of the barrel. Like, he was picking a bunch of stock beats instead of getting producers that produced to his vision. Like, when I listened to it the first couple of times... I found myself enjoying the end of the project more than the beginning. And that's why I had to mention when we were doing the review yes. that, you know, you didn't get seven sound for Chris until almost the end. So it's like, I think that he didn't get into his signature voices and his sound and his energy levels weren't there because he didn't have it. Like he didn't have the backing that he needed to make those things happen. And this is where I said, Hey, I've got a mixtape dropping now on Get Close. And that's exactly what this comes across as. When you compare it to his previous releases, sound like just a bunch yeah. of stuff thrown together, no real thought process put to it. And if you listen to his other projects, he's got a title track on every one. And this one is not it. Uh, so when I factored in all my, av- my, my points and everything, it was a 3.77. So like super average, like not even for tech, you know, not even for strange. Like I expect this from a cut Calhoun album, but I don't expect this from a, Chris I didn't album. even rate it, but I can just tell you, no, I didn't. Rate I it. will I say, I think you got out to give this a one. Wow. 
I think that's super harsh. I, I don't think I had gone that far, but I think it's an average album. But I will say that I think he got outshined on his features. His almost. features outshined him almost the entire album. <laughs> There's there's a couple you of them that, where he took it, but mostly, yeah. Underwhelming all around. So. All right, here's my thing with Chris is like right. back in the day, I think we, you know, everyone clamored for a Chris Calico album, but you know, before we got one, which and I'm talking like early 2000s, and then we finally got one. Vitiligo we got in like 2008, I think. wasn't wasn't Something exactly like what we wanted. Um, like, I'm a Chris Calico fan when he's with Tech 9 I think. Like, if we got a... Well, remember, they were going to do that group. What was it? Uh, Kabosh or whatever. If we ever... Yep. If we, the Rock, yeah, the rock yeah. If we ever got that, I'd probably like it. But, like, I don't think I'm a Chris Calico fan. Because if I look in my, my library of music, the only two Chris Calico tracks I have saved are Misunderstood and Hello Walls. Yeah, I mean, those are both good ones. But to me, like as a Chris Calico fan, Genius, Shock Treatment, Kicking, Screaming, and Go are all classic albums by him. Like, dude straight up sings sings Prince, basically. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, he, he covers the complete gambit of everything. Everything that you could possibly want. Like, I challenge you to go right after this and go listen to Happy-ish off of Go and tell me that he's not right. great. You know what I mean? Like, it's... I'm not happy here. I'm just happy. I'll add it. You know, while everybody's on their happy shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's like he's got so many good things. Like, if you go back and listen to it, I think track for track, if you take his best tracks and you put them against Tech's best tracks, Chris will be better off. Like, sings, raps, different flows, different styles. Like, 100% no direction is outside of Chris's wheelhouse. So, I don't know how this is on Spotify, but if you look at Chris Calico's top tracks on Apple Music, we've got one, two, three, four, five. His top six tracks aren't even his. He's just featured on them. Yeah, I'm about Until to pull you, it up. And then the Spotify first actual up. Chris Calico track you get has a Tech 9 feature. After that, which one is uh, What is that supposed to say? Tittles? Titties. Oh, titties. But this has an L in it. It's mis- it must be mistyped. So then after that, <laughs> so that's your first Chris Calico track. Then you've got three Tech 9 tracks and a Ritz track before you get to the second Chris Calico track. And then you've got one, two, three, four, five, it, just a bunch of Tech 9 tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but for what he it's is- worth, that's like his lane. He's a feature artist. He has yeah, been a feature be artist a through most of his career. Hey, if you know, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris Calico. Yes, I, I know. Open up the app. So, titties, unstable, girls like that, kill shit, way out, foolish, schizophrenia, damage, bipolar, and anxiety. So does that, so does that even features include tech. features in that list? Does it? I don't know how Spotify's algorithm works. Um, I've seen them feature it. You know what I mean? But yes, that the, when they do top tens, okay. if it is a feature, it, yeah, it depends, put it depends a feature on how it's there. tagged. But all ten of these that are on here are uh, Chris songs. Yeah, some of them have features okay. or whatever. 
but most of them are his solo stuff, and it goes all the way back to Vitiligo up to Son of Sam. So, I mean, we're missing it. This album is the only thing that's not represented on his gotcha. All right, unfair to compare. So. Oh, yeah, this this was... I, I didn't even want to research this one. That's how unfair this was. <laughs> All right, we're doing big timers <laughs> in UGK. Yeah. So, uh, two down south two... duos consisting of a rapper and a producing yeah. rapper. You did a very good job of teaming things up. Like, it matched up. Like, on paper, it looked good, but it's no, not. No, it's not. Because uh, uh, big timers win by a mile. Yeah. See, that's where we're going to have to differ. But I get you. I understand where you're at. All right. Yeah. So, all right. Let's talk about this. And here's why I say big timers will win by a mile. Because of, because of what? By Manny Fresh. Manny yeah, Fresh. Yeah, no, Manny Fresh was dope, but I he's, like I'm talking about. He's the only reason I listen to big timers. That's fine. Yeah, nobody listens to big timers for fucking Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. <laughs> as far as all right, so big timers like pretty much were most prominent in the early 2000s, like 2000, 2001. Um, you got to think about how far that reached though now mind you in 2000 2001 i am a 12 year old white kid living in the suburbs mm-hmm. of metro st louis me and my friends are wearing gold cash money chains in fifth and sixth grade like that's how much it influenced yeah. us um yeah but that the problem is like cash money as a record label they existed because no limit existed like everything in cash money's early dna was no limit if no limit hadn't oversaturated they were a carbon copy of no limit i think but yeah so i think that that's that's just what it is like so you were too young to know where cash money got their stuff from you know what i mean like and so they had their big singles but you take their big singles out of cash money that's fine but then big timers isn't it like if we were talking hot boys, I'd be like, OK, you know, you could pretty much put the hot boys versus any big timers. Had three group. real big hits. They had everybody get your roll on. They had number one stunner and they had uh, still fly. All right. Yeah. But that was UGK yeah. had one big hit one day. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, international player. Okay. Anthem. No, like, all right. yeah, but there. that had that better than anything in the entire big okay. timers. They category. had that, but that that was only because of the outcast feature. Okay, all right. So international but, players anthem. If you're going to consider that a hit for UGK, you might as well consider Big Pimp and a hit for UGK. Well, no, because it wasn't their song. Yeah, it, it, neither is International Players Anthem. Nobody listens to that song, song for UGK. Come on, nobody listened to Big Timers for the Big Timers. No, they listened to it for, for Baby's production, and they wanted to hear Lil Wayne say, wobbly, wobbly, <laughs> drop, drop, it like it's hot. Yeah, yeah, so that, that's what I'm saying. UGK is hands down the winner to me because they define the Houston sound. You know what I mean? Like, Pimp C production influenced all of trap music like when you go back fast hi-hats minor keys the whole nine like he influenced the entire down south 2000 cash money cash money has influenced hip-hop for the last 15 years 
They 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 are the reason Lil Wayne is here. Wayne. Wayne, Wayne is the real Wayne. We're not talking about Wayne cash is money. we're not talking right, about Wayne. But, we're not talking about cash money. We're talking about okay, big time. Ca- cash money was big timers. You know that. No, cash money was the hot boys. No, because the hot boys uh, no. Hot boys and then break them apart individually. Every artist in the hot boys pretty much had more hit singles, popular singles, let's go popular, than the big time. Wayne, Juvie. Juvie you, know, you know what I mean? Like, All right, maybe. Juvie had what? I'm th- I can only think of two hits off the top of my head because there's Juvie songs that I like that weren't. All right, maybe, yeah, he had Rodeo. He had uh, Slow Motion. All right, Juvie probably had more hits. Back, back that yeah, ass up, yeah. Slow Motion. Ride that high rodeo, you know, project chick in my but life. I feel like Big you know Timers I mean? like, was the catalyst for all that. Nah, because Big Timers came out after the Hot Boys. Is that right? I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. Brother, let's do that. Because uh, the Hot Oh, yeah. UG- oh, no, we're not UGK talking about UGK. Form yeah, 1987. Yeah, they were, they were riding from the beginning. Like they they predate Cash Money easy, but we're talking just like Hot Boys has got to right. be Hot Boys first album dropped nineteen ninety seven. I know Big Timers dropped before then. Come on now, no. Let's see, Big Timers ninety seven. 97 through two thousand and five. And I mean, 2018. we're just gonna have to disagree. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I and I went and going into this, I 100% knew that this is where it was headed. <laughs> like, you can't like my like. So, big timers had a bigger following nationwide due to the club radio yeah. songs. That's fine. That's fine. You know, like you can see that no All problem. Right. And then it's like, but any group group with baby as a focal point is never going to win this battle. Like UGK had has already gone down as Southern royalty, like period. Like, like that's just what it is. Like UGK was everywhere. Like you are too young to know that, but like they influenced like pocket full of stones and stuff was what I grew up listening to. And like Bun B is known as one of the greatest. Yeah. Downside like I would. And then, and then I can appreciate Bun B. Like I, I enjoy me some Bun B. Pimp C was in, prison for most of what I remember from my you know my genesis of listening to hip hop correct maybe you're right but I personal opinion I'm going to disagree with you Mm -hmm. (laughs) but the majority of people may agree with you well that's that's the thing we're talking just purely age demographics here like I listened to UGK, you know what I mean? Like I heard big timers, like, you know what I mean? And I, I went back and listened to them both over the last couple of days to try to, you know, just not have a biased opinion. But like I said, when, when you sit down and I just look at them, my international players anthem is better than their whole catalog. And I'm just like, okay, they got, they got singles. And yeah, you're just like, oh, it's got an outcast feature on it. I'm like, yeah, fine. And it's produced by three, six mafia. Fine. Whatever. I'm like, you know, but the hot boys, you know, Wayne was probably writing most of the baby stuff, which is, you know, 
not you know pretty much common knowledge at this point. We should do an episode so, on how confusing I think Six Mafia's timeline is. They're great. They only have like four different names. <laughs> John, what do you think? Big timers, UGK. Yes, sir. Pimp C's dead. Bro. Nice. Free nice. Pimp C. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I, I, but, but I he, know. But that's the point the is, thing. he knows the free Pimp C thing, yeah. which is which is what it is. Like, like it was yeah. the first free whoever movement, pretty much in hip hop. That's true. So, but I'm, but I'm with you. I can't discount anything you're saying other than the fact that, you know, it's baby. So, you know, I think Manny Fresh was only in the group, you know, because baby was like, Hey, you can't do this by yourself. Come up in here saying that you need to put some respect on his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where, where, where's baby? Where's baby at now? I don't know. <laughs> Counting his money somewhere. Probably. All right. Recently added, what what have y'all added to the repertoire lately? I got two extra extra stupid ones, by the way. Let's uh, the first one, the first one. This, this is the title, no bullshit. The one with the emo TRL sound, like straight up. That's that's the title. That's the title of the song. I didn't know Blink One Eighty Two had a new single. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Uh, wow. It's by Marty. Like that's just his name, Marty. M A R T Y. Uh, it's for fans of like acoustic pop. You know what I mean? It sort of reminded me of like early '90s Silver Chair, sonically. Like so, it's like a weird vibe to it. So I thought that was cool. And then the second one is even stupider name than that. It's uh, I miss having sex, but at least I don't want to die anymore. <laughs> like straight up, that's the name of the song. The artist. That's a mood. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't, I can't can't even make it up. <laughs> Who's this right? guy? Hashtag uh, life. The artist is Water Parks. W-A-T-E-R-P-A-R-K-S. All one word. Uh, it's for fans of like pop punk mixed with like the baby E black bear vibe. Like it, it's very much current with what's going on. Right. I just added that. Um, my- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, like I thought that was just the most ridiculous thing that I had seen all week, and I listened to it, and the song was good. And then you turn around and you look at the album title, you're just like, "What the hell is that?" That's amazing. Um, so that was like an inst- instant ad. And the last one is it's spelled incorrectly on purpose. Uh, Victorious by Big Kurt. Um, yeah, for fans of like down south lyrics, um, real. He's talking real shit. He's chopping it up a little bit, like rapping, uh, which he's not really known for. Uh, but I don't know how much you know about him, but he's from Mississippi and basically talking about how Mississippi didn't really have their time to shine, you know, like no, every they, other they really down south thing. But yeah, but he's in there and he's succeeding. He's victorious. He made it on his own terms doing his thing. Uh, it's like five or six songs into his album, but uh, it's a good introduction for people who don't actually know. Cool. Um, John, what do you got? I added a couple. One was called Devil Eyes by Hippie Sabotage. Uh, you know, I'm all about that vibe music. So it's got this, it's just a very chill, chill song. And uh, Ocean Floor Kisses by Galamateus, which is that same chill vibe. Cool. So 
Good recommendations. Gonna have to check them out. All right. My first one is Hurricane by Anson Sebra. Um, I had found a playlist called Alone in My Room or some shit. You ever just want to be sad? That's that's what this is. Oh. This is a sad song. Um, <laughs> it's singer-songwriter-ish. Um, almost like a Billie Eilish vibe a little bit. Um, the other one is the new Jelly Roll single, Loneliness, featuring Ritz. Um, that's yeah, a cool one. Uh, I know he just dropped the album this year. I don't know if he's getting ready to drop another one, but I've liked his last two singles. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, Jelly's definitely releasing an album. Uh, I think it's it's a video a month for the rest of the year or something like that. Okay. Um, yeah. No, he's pretty much uh, releasing whenever he wants because he signed that uh, distribution deal and marketing with Strange Music. So, But yeah, this is his second one coming out and then he's got willie and wayland for okay. the struggle jennings at some point yeah, coming up i really so. enjoy and that. ritz is dropping yeah yeah i do have that pre-added. super 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 uh he just dropped his single uh bad fucking day a really bad fucking day or something along those lines uh it was cool and then my last one is actually a throwback came out in 1983 um it is diesel in the dust by UFO, which is based off of uh, the right. 1981 incident in Skidmore, Missouri. So, uh, hitting close yeah. to home. Day trip, fellas. Day trip. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it's we'll go on the four hour ride. The the incident um, when when Ken McElroy was yeah. shot, his foot hit the gas pedal, and the the Silverado was in was in park. Um, so this song is called Diesel in the Dust. So the engine seized up, and this is, you know, when when the dust settled type deal. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what I got. All nice right. Thing. And uh, next week we're going to talk about uh, why Birdman uh, is better than Suge Knight. <laughs> hmm. there, there's definitely there's, yeah, support that. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about it next week. <laughs>